You know the drill. You're making out. You start feeling your way downtown. One of you wants to make a move to Cunnilingusville, but you don't have protection. Dental dams are hard to use, hard to come by, and condoms taste like, well, condoms. Hundreds of millions of people worldwide have STIs that can be transmitted via oral sex. So let me introduce you to Laurels, a first-of-its-kind product that provides protection, sexy style, and comfort. And it tastes like vanilla. Laurels for protection are FDA-approved for STI protection during oral-based activities. And Laurels for pleasure are the perfect cross between sexy lingerie and kinky toys. These thin and incredibly stretchy single-use silky latex undies are worn during fingering, rimming, oral sex, tribbing, and more. Head over to mylaurels.com to get your four-pack today. Be sure to use my code for a discount at checkout. What's your position podcast? All one word. And remember, stay safe, stay kind, and stay sexy with laurels. What's Your Position podcast may contain adult themes, sexual discussions, and strong language. We want everyone to be educated, but we are intended for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. On today's Full Frontal, we're talking with Daniel G. Garza about HIV, anal cancer, and mental health. You want to hear a joke? (laughs) Always. Did you hear about the man who ejaculated without a penis? He came out of nowhere. (laughs) (laughs) Ha! I'm hilarious. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, introduce me. And now, on today's episode... Oh, wait. Hello. We have to start that over. Your host. Your host, Ashley Weller. Oh, yeah. No, we're definitely keeping that. <laughs> no, I'm, <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's fine. Welcome, we're, fellow humans. I got too excited about the joke, man. He came out of nowhere. <laughs> nowhere. We had this one. There's little technical difficulties with that, the way we're starting this one. So That's okay. I like it. Welcome, fellow humans, to an absolutely appropriate beginning to an episode of What's Your Position podcast, a full frontal live in studio. We have a guest with us, which is my favorite way to do an episode is having the person sitting with me here in the room so I can feel their fucking energy. Daniel G. Garza, thank you for being here. My pleasure. I I, I think in honor of me, you should leave that opening just the way you yeah. no, we fucking are. Because no, we will. that's the way I usually enter a room, like all messed up. Okay, great. Tripping. tripping on myself. I'm glad yeah. we're on brand. Yeah, forgetting yeah. why I'm there and taking over. What a brand so, Yes, please. Okay. Also, you're a comedian, so I feel like you've had like like stand-ups where you've probably stumbled over jokes and like had an issue where you forgot to maybe introduce yourself. And I, you're like, oh yeah, yeah, my name's Daniel, by the way. There, there's been jokes that only my boyfriend laughs at. Yeah, right. <laughs> and because he has to go home with me. <laughs> and the car would be very awkward, but... Uh, right. Yeah. yeah uh, but, you know, one of the cool things is that I do comedy usually at uh, health conferences. So I get... I'm allowed to make fun of what? sick people. 
Okay. I mean, there's there's nothing yeah. better than to talk about somebody with cancer. Because wow. you've had it, yeah, so you're allowed yeah. to. So like make fun right. of HIV and AIDS. Because you have yeah. it, so you're allowed to. And, and when you've had anal cancer, like you can make all the butt jokes you want. Who's going to tell you you can't? Oh, no, literally. Right, exactly. Yeah. You know what you tell yeah. them? I put my ass on the line. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of puns in this episode. It's going to be horrible. Count them. Horrible. Take a <laughs> shot every time Please. we make Please a pun. Please do. I don't Please drink, take but, a shot. Like, but drink I responsibly. To. Every yeah. Drink responsibly. I, I will be funnier by the end of the episode. <laughs> so funny. I want to introduce, since I haven't yet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Oh, God. Daniel G. Garza has been a patient leader, liaison, and advocate for over 20 years, speaking publicly about HIV, anal cancer, and mental health. Um, side note, which we'll get to in just a second, Daniel and I spoke for the same volunteer organization, Aid Services Foundation, which no longer exists, but give me a little horn there, would you? Uh, Aid Services Foundation... <laughs> Gave me and Daniel one of our first volunteer opportunities uh, when it comes to sex education and kind of gave us the platform that we sprung from. So thanks to ASF. Uh, Daniel shares his story through campaigns such as Positively Fearless, Positively Speaking, working with NMAC as a language and justice consultant, and chairs the Client Advisory Committee for Radiant Health Centers, which is what AIDS Services Foundation became recently. Through his company, Lil Mexican, Lil Mexican, little Mexican. Uh, Daniel and his partner Christian produce live stream content that is geared towards adding positive messages to the HIV, cancer, and LGBTQ communities. He is also a certified life coach with a focus on spirituality um, and alignment. We just Ooh. did a little alignment reading downstairs before yeah. this episode. Yeah, it, was cool. it was really good. It was Mia and I both way had too our accurate. Fucking chakras insane. blown. Yeah, <laughs> I'm definitely going to be thinking about stuff tonight. Definitely. And I, I did all that standing up in the kitchen with my clothes on. Right. Yes. Within yes. the first fucking <laughs> yes. two minutes of entering my house, right. by the way. It was fantastic. I, I blew two women out. Two morning. women <laughs> in five minutes, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. They He's also an actor, <laughs> comedian, and a published author. His, his book, which I fucking love and have up here in my books, Grumpy Bunny and the Colors Game is a guided meditation book for children. So please, any parents out there who are looking for a way for their children to go through um, some breathing exercises, calming down, and looking to find a way to incorporate meditation into your parenting, check out Daniel G. Garza's book, Grumpy Bunny and the Colors Game. It is a wonderful book for children. I absolutely freaking love it. Uh, Daniel and I have known each other for almost 20 years, which is weird. Um, 15, I think. We're going on 15 because I've been here 14. Right. Okay. And so I'm, we're going I, on I 15. I met you very early on. Oh, very, my, very yeah, early. So about so 15 years now. When I started volunteering at AIDS Services Foundation, I did so because I just wanted to give back to a community. And I was, my grandmother is one of the founding members of AIDS Services Foundation, Nana Pearl Jemison Smith, give me some horn. Um, she is literally an, an angel uh, and and has started. Yeah, absolutely. Even yes. better. There you go. Even better. We love we love Nana. Um, and she started Aid Services Foundation back in the eighties. Daniel um, uh, joined, and him and I worked under a man named Martine. 
um, who I would love to dedicate this episode to. Martin is unfortunately no longer with us. He passed away due to complications uh, because of HIV and AIDS. We lost him um, a little over four years ago. Uh, Yeah, yeah. And Martin was um, paramount in who I am today. Um, and changed the direction of my life. And when I volunteered at ASF, I was just entering results of tests. And he was like, do you want to go and do education at Hogue Hospital for a bunch of fucking junkies who have to be there for 30 days and don't want to hear you and don't want to be in a group and you can go and tell them about the dangers of HIV? And I was like, absolutely. <laughs> a bunch of sure. men who won't listen to me and... Sign yes. me the fuck yes. up. I was yes. my type. Every gay man's dream. <laughs> yes. Bring me aboard. Um, and I started working with Positively Speaking and I would go to rehab facilities, junior highs and high schools and talk to people about how HIV and AIDS uh, came about how HIV is transmitted, how it's not transmitted. I had to answer so many myths. Oh, my God. Mosquitoes, toilet seats, saliva. Mosquitoes? Yeah. Only the gay ones. Only the gay ones. Only gay mosquitoes. (laughs) Let's let's be correct about it. Okay. Can we? My bad. But talking about Martine, yes. Martine was one of my first uh, allies there. Right. When I would volunteer. Yeah. He was on my podcast. Oh. Uh, he did an episode on my podcast, and we're very interesting. Just a side note: um, his family found it after he passed. Oh, they were googling him, and the podcast popped up, and they messaged me and said, "We didn't even know he did this." Wow! So the whole family got together to listen to it. So it was, wow! What did he, I, I what was, did he talk I was, about? I was on. We, we talked about uh, Radiant Health Centers, how he mm-hmm. how he came to be there, mm-hmm. how he got diagnosed. Mm-hmm. Now this is a. Uh, I've had my my show now, which is now a live stream show. We right. Don't, we don't podcast anymore. We live stream. Uh, we've had it for eleven years. So this must have been like nine years ago. Yeah. That he was on the show. So. Yeah. Martine was instrumental in guiding us kind of on our paths. So when you were at AIDS Services Foundation, you were how many years into your diagnosis of HIV? All right. So I was diagnosed September, excuse me, September 2000. I moved to California in 2009. Mm. And first agency I went to for services was Radiant Health Center. Uh-huh. So I started volunteering Probably six, seven months moving here. Mm-hmm. And they had you immediately talking about your experience with uh, HIV. Some of the first things were, yeah, I did a couple of public, like uh, Chris Bragg, who used to work I love there. Chris. Chris Bragg. Oh, Chris Bragg. Uh, dreamy. So and, dreamy. So dreamy. And oh such a good God. guy, too. He so really good looking is. And, and dreamy. You know, and, you know what's funny is I put out on Instagram, <laughs> somebody find me a freaking speaker for my program. And Chris Bragg was the one who was like, you should message Daniel Garza. So shout oh. out to Chris Bragg, because he's the reason I reached out to you to come and talk in my class in the first place. That's right. And then when you message me, I'm like, I know you. I know you. I was like, God like, damn it, Daniel. You Why were on my I, show. I was on your show. Yeah. Like, this is stupid that I had to have someone else remind me. Like, you, you, were so my kitchen, you were in my dining room. We talking. should have dinner with Chris. We should call Chris. We should, we should totally, totally, we should totally call Chris. Chris. If he's listening to this. Chris, Chris we love you. Yeah. He, I, I kept telling everybody he was my work husband. Right. Yeah. 
For sure. No, that's yeah. fair. Even though we only worked like once a month and I saw it. Right. <laughs> you know what? It's a long distance relationship, okay? I've had worse relationships than that <laughs> in real life. So, yeah, yeah. But fair. Radiant Health Centers has been a, a big influence. I'm part of the board right now. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just, this you went my, from volunteer to being part of the board, the board which and, is incredible. Like what and, a trajectory. And now this is my last year as the client advisory mm-hmm. committee chair where I'm supposed to, I'm about to hand over the chair to somebody else. Wow. So it's, it's a big, it's a big gear, yeah. but I'm staying on the board. Yeah. Um, I still do public speaking. Yeah. So it's a great place. I mean, for anybody in the Orange County area that's looking for, if you're LGBTQ plus and or... HIV positive. Right. This is a great place to go. So it's in there. Irvine. It's right by John Wayne Airport. They offer oh. test. Yes, yeah. so they offer oh, testing. They offer test. medication. They offer um, out it's, service law, legal services. They offer um, child care, food yeah. pantry services. It, it's huge. They Dr. Offer, Dewey is the new yeah. doctor. Oh, nice. So, okay. So Very go, cool. We have a full clinic. Awesome. We have all the services you want. Go I check them out. So what we're going to talk about today uh, is is Actually, there's quite a bit that we have to t- to get through. So we have to sort of nail this phrasing um, as quickly as possible. Not quickly, but like efficiently. A little quickie. A little efficient. <laughs> a little efficiently. We're going to talk about HIV because as a human being who has been in sex education for about 15 years, I started my education in the world of HIV and AIDS. And I have yet to do an episode about it. Wow. AIDS Services Foundation and HIV are the reason I'm doing this podcast because without AIDS Services Foundation, I would not have found my passion. I would not have found the reason I'm here. I would not have found the why to what I do. I am here today. You are listening to this podcast. You have heard episodes because I first spoke about HIV and AIDS to teenagers. And so... I think it's really important that we pay a little bit of homage to that. And there's no better person I could think of than oh, well. someone who went through those trenches with me at Eight Services Foundation. I don't know how to, I don't know how to take that. <laughs> the moment I think about HIV, I think about you. <laughs> but I'll, I, I'll, I'll, I'll take it. I'll, thinking of At you. least I'm thinking Yeah, I'll, I'll right. take that. Because usually people think of other things and then me. <laughs> no. But I'll, I'll, the moment I think of HIV, up. education. Yes. Gotcha. I okay, gotcha. There we go. So, right, 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 right. And then I want to talk a little bit about butt cancer. <laughs> <laughs> That's really what makes her think that, of you. Really, honestly, <laughs> the butt is what makes me think of it. I want to talk to you a little bit about anal cancer because I don't think a lot of people kind of understand where it comes from, like what are some of the um, symptoms, the symptoms of, it. of it, but also like uh, what precludes it, like what could be leading up to an individual contracting or getting uh, anal cancer. And then I want to talk a little bit about mental health and energy. And I want to talk about how you as a human being take these adversities that have happened to you, um, these illnesses that you have have handed to you, um, and how you have turned that into A, a thriving acting and comedy career, B, uh, a podcast and a production company, and C, you are a life coach and you have classes where people are able to learn how to become the best version of themselves through Reiki and through alignment and through chakras. So we have a lot Lot. to cover. So what I want to do first is I want you to put on your HIV education hat. Right. Okay. Got it. And get centered in, in there. And I want you to give me your spiel. 
I want you to tell my audience about how HIV came to be in your life and what it was like when you were diagnosed, what you felt, what you experienced, the adversities that you faced and what you have done since then to change your life and embrace the diagnosis. Sweet. Wow. That's a lot. Um, I'm glad I learned English for this podcast. <laughs> you can also do it in Spanish if you want like, it, but... Mucho español yo hablar. Um, <laughs> but by the way, I'm so glad you gave the, the disclaimer at the beginning. Right. Uh, yes, I do stand-up comedy and I've been a smartass all my life, <laughs> which is... Ironic that I, which is smart. ironic that I got anal cancer because I was a smart ass growing up. Right, so. right, 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 right. <laughs> yes, folks, sit it, down, grab a drink. It bit you ready. in the ass. Get ready, Ugh. yes. Uh, so HIV, HIV first came into my life in 1990-ish. Um, uh, long story short, I was working in an office, grew up in Dallas. Um, somebody in the office had TB. Everybody had to go get tested. I, I went to go get tested. They had this questionnaire. This is 1990. I'm... 1990. 90, yeah. 90, 90, 90s, 90, 90, 90s, 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 but like 90. 90, yeah, because I was, I was 20... 19 or 20. Can I just set the stage really quickly? So for anyone listening who is not aware, in 1990, HIV and AIDS were a terrifying epidemic, worse than COVID. It was unknown. We were still very new in the how do I get it? How do I avoid it? We still didn't have a lot in the way of medications. There was a lot of uh, uh, advocacy happening in ACT UP um, who were going to Washington, D.C. to get the FDA to push funding for medications to help people who had been diagnosed with HIV who were just dying left and right, just out from under us. They were just being like carpets being yanked regularly. It was, it was awful. And so in the gay community, HIV was a plague and was a terrifying reality that legitimately wiped out swaths of people because of a lot of different things. One, lack of response by our government, um, lack of response by the healthcare agencies, uh, lack of response by the FDA for medications to help treat this, and lack of research to help us understand how this is transmitted and how we can prevent it. Um, So in 1990, it was a terrifying time still in the, not only LGBT community, um, but in the community at large for HIV. so. And, and that's the short. Yeah, and that God. was what was happening out there. Yeah, uh, within the people were getting fired. People were getting kicked out of their apartments. Uh, when you come from the a Latino conservative Catholic family, you were kicked out of your home. Families shun you. Like mm-hmm. it was horrible. Just to, just to think of the idea that you could be. Anywhere around anybody who was positive was was scary, and in the in the gay community, although people were dying, we weren't talking about it. Yeah, it's it's the equivalent of being blocked on social media today. Like the moment anybody found out that you were anywhere in the vicinity of something that could be related to HIV, people were like, "Ooh, don't hang out." So to go get tested, so everyone was getting ghosted. Yeah, yeah. So and to- then also dying alone. By, by the hunt, I mean, if not thousands. Hundreds of thousands. Yeah. 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 So 1990, I go get tested. It's the first time that I pretty much go on my own to see the doctor. And they're asking you questions like, uh, have you had, um, are you, first of all, I was like, 
are you gay, bi, or straight? Because back in the 1990s, we could only afford three in the... <laughs> oh, even yeah, that's yeah. a lot. We, we could only afford <laughs> yeah. three identities in the 90s. Not to like today. Like There's all these other identities. But in the 90s, it was like gay, straight, bi. And then when, they, when they asked you the question, it was, are you straight? Are you gay? Are you gay? Are you one of those? Are you boy? Wink, wink. Wink, wink. And was, uh, are you... Are you, are you oh, you, and you would hear a little Tinkerbell bell in the, mm-hmm. in the room. You're like, what was that? <laughs> um... <laughs> Glitter would come out. <laughs> and <laughs> serious, folks. Uh, so I go get tested for uh, for TB, and it's the first time they ask me, are you gay, bi, or straight? I was like, whoa. whoa. Like, we hey, I'm Catholic. We don't talk about I'm things. not gay, bi, or How straight. Dare I'm you? Catholic. How dare you? The priest, said, the priest said it wasn't gay what I was doing. Okay. The priest and, said it was for God. Uh, yeah. So. <laughs> Neil, God? thank you, Lord. Thank you. And... Um, <laughs> We're going to get through this story for us. We're going to get through this story. It was also the first time they asked me, have you had anal sex? And Was I, it the first time anyone had asked you that question? Well, other than the people that you've had oh. sex with. <laughs> right, right. Which is an important detail when you have your pants down. <laughs> and Very like, important. That's who, fair. Who's doing what here? Right. Um, vaginal sex. Have you had vaginal sex? Have you had oral sex? Like all these questions that I remember being in that clinic going, what the hell are they asking you? You remember today being in that clinic yeah, and getting yeah. those I questions. remember the clinic that I went oh, to. Oh, boy. I remember, like... Walking in. Yeah, and... Who, what, what was the, who was the person asking you? What, what were the they nurse. Like? There's a nurse. You walk in. Okay, so... If for anybody who's ever been affected or around people with TB, the CDC finds out. Like, CDC oh. knows that. Like, if, if you have been diagnosed with TB, CDC has your name. Oh, fuck. Yeah, so CDC has my... CDC knows who I am. So tuberculosis is even more of a tracker than COVID. Yeah, and even when I... And then when I was diagnosed with AIDS... You hear that, conspiracy theorist? Because in 2003... (laughs) Because in in 2000, when I was finally diagnosed with AIDS, my name is at the CDC center. They know... Now. Yeah, so when, when, when... People were like, how can you share your story? I'm like, the CDC and God knows <laughs> <Yeah>. who <laughs> I am. They're like, that fruitcake right there. That he guy. Has, he's got HIV. It's you, hear the knows. Bell, you hear the Tinkerbell? Um, it's following yeah, <laughs> That's my Tinkerbell. She's a little broken. But um, <laughs> so they test me for HIV. Because you told them I'm gay yes. and I have anal sex. I, and I've had anal uh, okay. sex. And uh, they were like, okay, so we think you should get tested. I never went back for my results. I never got my results. So I was too afraid to find out. I'm like, are you kidding? Like, first, I'm going to die, and then my parents are going to kill me. Cause, mm. like, it, it, In that yeah. order. Yeah. And if you are born Mexican Catholic, you know what I'm talking about. Like, you don't die until your parents kill you for something <laughs> you did. And Do you think you had HIV when you got tested that first time? Oh, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I'm right. Pretty sure. Okay. I was... Um, We've talked about this in your class. I, I know, I, but I, my listeners yes, weren't there. So we're going to fill you in. I lost my virginity to a man when I was 13 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, I was actively sexual mm-hmm. since I was 13. Mm-hmm. Um, so somewhere along that line. And this was at the height of the transmission yeah, of HIV. When I was 13, that was 1984. Mm-hmm. Um, but for anybody out there, I'm 52 now, so in case you're adding the numbers up. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, when you see the picture, you're like, what? You're 52? Mm-hmm. I know. I'm adorable. It's what happens when you're I'm Hispanic. I'm adorable. Like, what you're can Hispanic I say? and you're adorable. Good yeah, so. yeah. Great genes. Uh, former and- alcoholic and drug addict. I'm pickled inside. So I, <laughs> I never <laughs> age. 
I'll never age. And I, I eat the souls of virgins, so that helps too. Yeah, yeah, exactly yeah. what we all uh, you know. So you were having unprotected anal sex with men, both in Texas and in Mexico, correct? Correct. And you were doing this since you were 13. And at the age of 19, you went to get tested for TB and you got tested for HIV and just never went back. I didn't want to know. I didn't want to know. They called you and said, we need you to come back in. Right. And you were like, I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. I I went. (laughs) Nope. I went, showed up just so they they knew I showed up. And then you ghosted them. Because they checked your, make sure that you're not, you don't have TV. Mm, and mm-hmm. I was like, okay, that's all I need to know. Great. Thanks. Bye. Like, like, I got to go to work Daniel, now. No, no, I'm, I'm good. No, I'm Daniel, good. wait. No, I'm set. I got to go. So for 10 years, uh, didn't know drugs and alcohol to numb the thoughts. Right. Cause you knew. Uh, yeah. I knew something was up, I, but, I, but because for the people out there, you don't have symptoms. Right initially. Mm-hmm. So let me give a little background about HIV and what it does to the human body. So when an, a person is infected with HIV, it can take up to six months for that virus to actually show itself in your body enough for it to be visible on a test, which means that for up to six months, you can exhibit absolutely no symptoms whatsoever or you can exhibit what are known as flu-like symptoms because technically what's happening is your T cells, your helper T cells, uh, part of your immune system, basically the general of your immune system. If you think of your immune system as an army that goes and fights wars, I have a hangnail right now. And my hangnail, my finger's not falling off because my immune system is saying, ah, we have an open wound. Go and fight that with healthy cells and go fix that and go make sure that you regrow skin and go make sure that you uh, make sure that no infections get in there and fight any infections that do come along so that the finger doesn't fall off. This is our immune system at work. It is an army and is constantly working against any immunosuppressant or any antibodies that come into our, our worlds that might be detrimental to us in any way. HIV is no different. It is a virus. It enters our body and our immune system immediately goes into action to try to combat it. The problem is that HIV is like a giant fucking kinkos and it makes copies of itself rapidly. So not only does HIV invade your body and invade your immune system, but it actually kills the T cell, which is the general of your army. Inside of that T cell is the ability to make copies. And so when the HIV virus infects the T cell, it kills what's the helper of that cell and starts making copies of itself and sending those copies out throughout your immune system. Now, sometimes those copies die and sometimes those copies find another T cell, kill that T cell and start making copies of itself. And so these T cells are dying in a rapid succession and HIV is increasing in rapid succession in some people. In other people, their immune systems are extremely healthy and it takes a lot longer for them to lose enough T cells for them to notice the absence. The problem is that when you start having flu-like symptoms, you probably aren't going to the type of doctor that's going to be asking you about sexual interactions. So if you have a fever, a cough, swollen lymph nodes, aches, body pains, you're probably saying, I have the flu. I don't want to pay the $50 copay and go to the doctor. I'm just going to drink some electrolytes and hope that this flu goes away. 
And it will, because once your T cells start to realign themselves and start to fight back against the HIV, the initial infection calms down and the HIV just starts to kill T cells off one by one. That first surge of that flu-like symptom is one of the first indicators of an HIV infection, but not everyone pays attention to flu symptoms and thinks, I have HIV. Most people who have flu-like symptoms think, fuck me, I have to miss a day of work. Where are the goddamn popsicles? Like, I'm going to watch Netflix and go the fuck to sleep. And if you're in this day and time, you're like, damn, I'm I have COVID. COVID. Right, exactly. I was just thinking that. You take a COVID test and it's negative and you're like, well, I'm uh, going to call in sick anyways. Like, I'm not going to the doctor for this shit. I might have COVID, so I'm not coming I in. may have COVID. Yes. No one is thinking I may have HIV. Right. So it's not the first thing that pops into your head, which is why regular testing for HIV, not symptomatic testing, is what we need when it comes to HIV and HIV transmission. So you didn't have symptoms. You went because of a TB test at work. You didn't go back to get your results. Ten years later. Ten years later. What the fuck happened that made you finally go get results? Uh, I got fired. <laughs> My Fantastic. Job. Why, yes. What did you do? So... 10 years later. So I live my life. I have a relationship. Uh-huh. I, I date. I, I was also, I got into drugs and alcohol. Well, I got into drugs when I was 20. Mm-hmm. So anytime I felt sick or anything happened, it was like, oh, it's the drugs. I need to stop for a little bit. Mm-hmm. So n- summer of 2000 comes along. Um, I'm, for everybody out there, I'm 5'6". I usually wear a size 30 jean. I'm a size 28 jeans. <gasps> And I live in Houston, Texas. And girl, I thought I was hot. <laughs> I was like, I'm skinny. Oh, and I have skinny. tight jeans. Were you not tired or like? Uh, well, I worked at a restaurant. Okay. I, was, I was a server. And everybody who's worked at a server knows that. It's like, that's it's exhausting. Yeah. 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 So and I you're work- also always drunk. Like, yeah. even when you're right. Working. Like, even when yeah. you're working. That's a rule. And then the, uh, the boyfriend that I had at the time was the manager of a local gay bar. Oh, okay. So I would go from work to the bar. Oh. So I was either working, drunk, or high. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, of course I'm going to lose weight. And yes, I'm going to lose my appetite. And, and yes, yes, you're going to be tired. Yeah. Like, it comes like, but hey, I've got an image to keep. Right. And I can't stop either one of those things. No. So finally, um, my memory started going. Oh. And... My hair started falling out. Oh. And if anybody knows me, I'm pretty vain about my hair. And <laughs> Your hair not, is not gonna, pretty fucking I, I got I got good hair. This is, this is post-cancer hair. hair, but we'll get there. And, um, <laughs> in so the my, end. Because I worked in a restaurant. Um, <laughs> I see what you did there. Jeez. I see what you did there. So I, we wore caps at work, so nobody could really tell. But I was losing a lot of weight, and I had a stomach infection, but I didn't know. I was surviving on soups. And at work, we used to do these uh, like melon balls and watermelon balls. And I would put them in the freezer and then suck on. How long were you doing this for? For about three months, probably. Wow. So I went down to 110 pounds. Oh, my God. Yeah. For anybody out there, I'm usually I'm 160, 165, maybe 170 on a, on a good taco week. But, <laughs> but I was 110 pounds, a size 28 jeans. But what really started getting my attention and my boss's attention was I started to forget things. I was one of those annoying servers that doesn't write anything. Mm. Like I would never write anything. Martin. You know what I'm talking about? Kevin's laughing over here because he's like, Martin. yes, they probably annoy you. You just turned yourself off. Turn yourself off. I, I, I did that on purpose. Oh, okay. I was picking up my mic. So oh, got it. Know. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. So you know those servers that come up to the table? Oh yeah. And there's ten people and they're like, I got you. Yeah. And like, you want to write that down? I'm like, I don't need to write that down, sir. <laughs> right. I I liked uh, I loved when Martin would do that when where we worked and like the somebody would challenge him and he'd be like, All right, double the tip if I get it right. And so somebody would write write it down and sometimes people would take him up and if it was like a fifty, sixty dollar tip, if it was like a large party. They would try to get out of it every time. He had a photographic, <laughs> our friend Martin had a photographic memory and Damn. he would go to parties of 12. I would, I would, as a hostess, intentionally seat him with large parties because yeah. I'm like, do it, Martin. And he's like, okay. So he'd go out to the table and he, and they would like, I'll take the ore cart with a half rack of ribs, a third of chicken, barbecue sauce on the side. I'll take corn as a side, plus a stuffed baked potato, minus the bacon bits, sour cream on the side. And then I'd also like chicken tortilla soup, but tortilla chips on the side cheddar cheese instead of mixed cheese and I want an iced tea with easy ice and he's like done next person and would nail every fucking wow. what you just said is like porn I'm so turned on right now I'm yeah, like I'm yes <laughs> give me another table like that yes, yes. Um, but I was that kind of server I, I, I had regulars at this restaurant I worked at the mm-hmm. restaurant for quite a bit I had regulars that would come in and I knew what you drank and I knew what you ordered and I knew your kids' names and I knew everything. And all of a sudden I was like, iced tea or soda? And they were like, what do you mean? And my, some, one of my regulars went to my boss and said, there's something going on with Daniel. Like he looks sick. So my boss pulled me aside and said, Hey, you're not fired, but go get help. Go get checked. Now I, I serious point here. I always tell people how powerful our minds are, like how strong our willpower is. That I weighed 110 pounds, I was losing muscle, I wasn't eating, I was still on drugs and alcohol. But the moment I got home after they laid me off or sent me home, I couldn't walk. My legs were like... Wow. After potatoes. somebody gave you the... Like outside yeah. perspective. But also like the freedom to mm-hmm. know that you... Like, we see it. Yeah. You're sick. You're sick. Yeah. It's okay. Like you yeah. need to acknowledge this. Yeah. Exactly. Because yeah. I was like, I'm exactly. good. I got this. I got this. Yeah. I'm not like, sick. I'm fine. I mean, what did you want to drink? Yeah. And people were like, like you've known us for like a year now. Like, what do you mean? So I went home and called a friend and I said, uh, I got sent home from work. And he had noticed the progression. Mm. And he was like, I'm, I'm coming to get you. Um, in Houston at the time, there was this gold card that you had to get if you didn't have insurance and I didn't have insurance. I walked in and they pushed me to the front of the line. I, I My joke today is like, they said he's going to die before, <laughs> before his turn. Yeah, let's just give him the gold card yeah, now. Um, and I ended up at the hospital for three weeks after that. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, that's when I was diagnosed. Officially, my diagnosis was AIDS. Right. Because my T-cells were so low. What were your T-cells? Uh, 108. Okay, so just for the listener... For your information, um, HIV attacks the T cells, which we've already discussed. An individual who is living a relatively normal, and I put that in massive fucking air quotes, uh, life and is engaging in healthy behaviors, goes to the gym, eats relatively well, has a pretty good immune system, biologically doesn't have a lot of genetic disorders. You're looking at probably 1,800 to 2,000 T cells on any given day. Now, our T cells naturally die and naturally are reborn. We make T cells 
constantly. So our T cells are always rejuvenating themselves. So if you have a bender weekend in Vegas and you go ham at EDC, you may deplete your T cells because now you've ingested all sorts of fucking things and now you're tired. And then, hey, you get a cold. Weird how that fucking happens, right? Mm. But your T cells will eventually build back up unless you have a virus or an illness that consistently eats away at your T cells. So when an individual is diagnosed with HIV and they are not taking antiretroviral therapies, which help diminish the virus in the body, which helps the T cells rejuvenate themselves at a more appropriate rate of time, if a person's not on antiretroviral treatments, they can expect to lose T cells hand over fist faster than T cells can make themselves back up. An AIDS diagnosis only comes to an individual when they hit how many T cells? What do you think the number is, babe? 300. Yeah. What's the average again? Like we, like 1,500 to 2,000 oh, is like geez. a, like a healthy, normal person. But what do you think? 200. That's exactly what. Wow. Very wow. yeah. good. Okay. <laughs> I was She's like, not like, just pretty folks. <laughs> She's smart. <laughs> um, so 200 T cells is the magic number. And if you hit 200 T cells, which is when they take a sample of blood, they see the number of T cells in that blood sample and they multiply it by the blood volume in your body. And they figure out how many T cells you would have throughout the rest of your body. Science. You have science, 200 science. T cells, you are considered critical. Ooh. You are diagnosed okay. with acquired immunodeficiency syndrome. And how many did you say you had? 108. 108. Wow. Jamie, my uncle, yeah. when he broke his arm, he went into a coma from breaking an arm because that's what happens when you have HIV. Is random illnesses turn into fucking life and death situations. Mm-hmm. He went down to three T cells. Oh my God. And we nicknamed them Mo, Larry, and Curly. Sounds right. Because what the fuck else do you do when wow. someone it's has a, three T cells? It's almost a joke that you can live like, with that. It's hilarious that you're alive. So let's just go ahead and nickname your three T cells after the three fucking stooges. So you had 108 T cells yes. in 2010. 2000, no, 2000. In 2000. 2000. 90 was when you, got di- when you got tested but didn't go back. 2000 is when you went to the hospital. Correct. And you were there for three weeks. Correct. At the end of the three weeks, where were your T-cells? I don't remember. So how long does it take for a person to, where are your T-cells now? Um, <laughs> uh, good question. Um, they, they should be in the car. But... Um, <laughs> I think my last count was 295 or something like that. I've only I've only gone over 300, like maybe a handful since I was diagnosed. But it's possible for someone who's diagnosed with AIDS to go back up to like a thousand T cells, right? Yes. It is. Yes. Well, no, okay. If you're diagnosed with HIV. It's possible to bring your numbers up to like a very normal person. 1,200, 1,300, yeah. When you're diagnosed with AIDS, there, the possibilities to bring your numbers above like 500 is going to be very difficult. And when that happens, that means that you are more susceptible to infections from the outside. That's what they say. I mean, my, I don't know, my, my system put up with a lot, so. Well, it did. It, it has, yeah. But mm-hmm. also you got a lot. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've dealt with a lot. I don't so. know anyone else who's had anal cancer. 
yeah, it's, it's it gets left behind a lot. So <laughs> everybody, everybody hears about the other cancers. So <laughs> whatever. God damn it! I had a friend who I also did positively. <laughs> Thank you, Kevin. Do we have a bumch? Oh yeah, no, we do. Do we? Because we're it's probably going to need it's just it this on the wrong. episode. Wait, wait, where to be where quite where honest it? with you, the badumch is probably going to need to be there. Ah, thank you. There we go. Now I, had, now I feel complete. There you go. <laughs> I had a person I worked with at Positively Speaking named DJ. Do you remember DJ? I don't think I She was a white woman in her 60s. She was straight. I'm going to quickly tell DJ's story just so the listeners know. Sure. So she married her high school sweetheart. Her high school sweetheart was an IV drug user. He was also abusive. Uh, and he would force her to have sex with him after he had gone and used drugs. She was a swimmer. She was going to the Olympics. She was an Ivy League college graduate. She was on the track to be an Ivy League or a, a, an Olympic swimmer, an Ivy League graduate. And then her, she had a baby with this guy, and the guy abused their son in front of him, in front of her. Um, and she packed a bag and moved out of their house and was like, I'm done with this abuse. He laid a hand on my son, which is what a lot of abused women do. They don't, they take the abuse for themselves. When the abuse is doled out to their children, they're like, oh, now this is the fucking bottom line. Whole nother episode. So she leaves, goes back to Southern California. About 10 years go by and she's a soccer mom and she's still a swimmer and she's working full time supporting her son and she starts getting really tired and she's like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. It's 1990. She goes to the doctor. The doctor says, I don't know how to tell you this. You have AIDS, not just HIV. Like she's a mom. She is single. She is heterosexual. She has had one sexual partner in her life. She does not date anyone after she leaves this man because she just wants to raise her son. And she's like, I've only had two dental procedures in my life. This is what her, this is where her brain goes. I've only had oh, two dental procedures. Be, like what? And they said, no, someone like you had sex. And then she goes, oh, my ex-husband was an IV drug user and he was probably cheating on me. And then he made me have sex with him. And then I got HIV. So she called him. He was like, yeah, I've had HIV for 10 years. Oh, wow. And she was like, you didn't fucking think to tell me this? He's like, why the fuck would I tell you? What? Yeah. Great God. guy. Great fucking guy. Um, she has her son tested. Son's negative. She has her son tested every three months for the next 18 years of his life. Wow. She's so scared that yeah. she's given it to him. She goes through having AIDS. She then gets diagnosed with breast cancer. She then gets diagnosed with epilepsy. She then gets diagnosed with stomach cancer. She then gets diagnosed with... And she got the fucking gamut. What an overachiever. Of she, that's what she calls herself. She's like, I'm a fucking disease overachiever. Yeah, she wants everything. And I wonder if... She's got to catch them all. And I wonder if she would have been susceptible to all of those things had she not been diagnosed with HIV, which attacks your immune system and right. makes you more susceptible to illnesses. Do you think... She's pointing at me, folks. Do you... Hold on, because we're going to do something really quickly here. So I want to go to break, but I want to ask you a question before we go. Do you think you would have been diagnosed with anal cancer had you not been diagnosed with HIV? I don't want you to answer right now, but I want to know if you think your anal cancer was a result of your HIV and AIDS diagnosis. I got an answer. 
Oh, you know the answer? I know the answer. You actually know it? I know the answer. Like the real answer uh-huh. or your guess? No, no, I, I have the you answer. You actually have a real yes. answer? Oh, oh my God, yeah. I cannot I, I fucking wait. I'm so excited. Please join us. We'll be right back. There's no future in the road you're taking. You never said a word. The dreamer just kept on. Late at night, you could hear him say. Since 2014, Four Sons Brewing has been creating authentic craft beers, unique seltzers, and family-friendly locations throughout Huntington Beach. They are a pillar of our community, and we hope they become a staple in your home. Find them in Costco, Total Wine and Spirits, or online at foursonsbrewing.com, and by visiting one of their three locations. Make sure to tell them Ashley at What's Your Position sent you. Stay safe, stay kind, Stay sexy and cheers. All of these lines across my face tell you the story of who I am. So many stories of where I've been and how I got to. I am But these stories Don't mean anything When you've got no one To tell them to It's true I was made for you I climbed across The mountain tops Swam all across The ocean Welcome back, fellow humans, as I sit here and cry tears because of this song. God damn, that's a good song. So, Grey's Anatomy fan much? Jesus Christ, Daniel. Oh, I can't hear Daniel. Help me. Sorry, I'm (laughs) fucking up tonight. You can't silence me, Kevin. <laughs> you can't silence me. Many men have tried to keep me quiet, Ashley's but I can talk with my mouth full. Ashley's been throwing me off tonight. I say the ABCs. And <laughs> so, uh, Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. Much? So this she episode, does. for anybody who who's a Grey's, then you either last, are or you aren't. This this last season, I've I've missed Listen, it. Listen, I, I stopped. Okay, it's still going. Yeah. Oh God, yeah. Yeah, it's the new generation. Uh, when, listen, when they killed off. McDream. Spoiler alert. I don't give a shit. When they killed <laughs> off. By now you don't know. If you don't know, like, I don't give a shit. Then you you don't have Hulu. Once <laughs> once there was no more Patrick Dempsey, McDreamy, I kind of started watching it in like a altered state of perception. Like I'd watch it while I was doing things. Yeah. I wasn't invested in it. And 
I stopped watching when, oh God, I think when Alex left. <gasps> Crying. Rev. Oh my God, Come no, on. don't go. <laughs> My God, every every gay tear that I had <laughs> was out. He's such a bad boy. Yes. Okay, for everybody out there that usually so knows much. me, usually I'm cordial, like, what's up? But let me tell you, <laughs> if if you want to see just ugly gay crying, ugly gay crying, it's 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 crazy anatomy. But this episode, which was the yeah. only musical episode, only, that and that's when they got and in the Sarah car Maris, accident. Yes, Sarah Arizona, Maris, Callie in Arizona, singing to herself. They got in a car accident. Callie <sighs> was pregnant, and they had to deliver a baby under duress, and they did the whole episode in music and she flew through a windshield while she yes. sang this fucking song. That's, that whole oh, album wow. is Good amazing. God. I have it on my playlist. Of it's, course you do. It, it's it's the one that I showered dance naked yes. to. Yeah. Yes, of course. <laughs> Clearly. But this is the slower version. There's a faster oh. version that's on, on the episode. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's that's the one that like, I, uh-huh. that's my go-to. That's the jam. That's my jam. Tell us a little bit about the last song. So yes. while we were on break you told us about how you went to rehab this is just a little science story so i don't go like hard into rehab but just tell us a little bit about that last story so travis trade if you're listening <laughs> just in case shout you're, out he's absolutely just, unofficial sponsor tra- unofficial sponsor. <laughs> just in case you're listening um i'm gonna be somebody so i heard that song before i went to rehab and when i went to rehab um i burned a cd this is the hold I am. I burned a CD for my place. What's that? My Stop playlist. it. You've burned CDs. so many CDs. So back in the day, Kevin. Yeah. I not know what that I, is. Yes, I do. I'm not that young. Jeez. <laughs> back in the day with my boom box. She's all, what the fuck is a CD? Hey, I had cassettes in my car, okay? And, and my high, t- my yeah. high tops. Uh, so I, I burned a CD and it had I'm Gonna Be Somebody as the first song. Uh-huh. So I went to rehab um, June 21st, 2007. And like in the first week, seven years after your diagnosis. So getting diagnosed wasn't your, hold on, bottom. No. (laughs) (laughs) Where's my horn? Oh my God. Where's my horn? (laughs) There you go. Yes. No, no. Wait. So getting diagnosed with AIDS wasn't your bottom? No, I still didn't sit down and think about anything. Stop. And uh, so I went to rehab June 21st, 2007. Hello, Bay Area Recovery Center in Dickinson, Texas. They, 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 the man that I am today, I owe the foundation to that place. So uh, much like I do everything else, a week into being in rehab, I was the kitchen manager. Mm -hmm. And every Friday was heavy cleaning. Everybody had chores. So I would play my CD and the first song was I'm Gonna Be Somebody. And the people that were assigned to help me clean, which was usually the same folks, they knew as soon as they heard that song, right. it's clean time. And yep. they would come to the kitchen to clean. And uh, I, 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 I was in there for three months. So 90 days. In fact, no, I was there for 92 days. Because I was supposed to go out, leave <laughs> on a Wednesday. Yeah, I was supposed <laughs> to leave on a Wednesday. And I cried and I told him, can I please stay till Friday? Yeah, I wanted to stay till Friday and and clean because then you were also in charge of doing the cooking for family night. And I wanted to leave on a family night, not not halfway. And uh, so for 92 days, uh, I would hear the song because I played it when I showered too. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so uh, don't, okay, don't cry, Garza. Um, (laughs) It's, I've, I've, 
I had to get sober for something. Mm -hmm. And the first thing that they tell you is you, you got to get sober for you. I, I actually disagree. And I'm not, I'm not a person. You know what? I'm not an addiction, so I can't disagree. But I think it's okay for someone to say, this is the catalyst for me to choose this. Yeah. Yes. Sobriety. And if it's someone else, my mama, my wife, my children, that catalyst is fine that I don't choose myself first, but you eventually have to choose yourself. That's the motivation. Oh, right. okay. The yeah. motivation. The okay, motivation is I'm motivated by my fill in the blank Okay. to get clean and sober. But the first person that I needed to do it for is for me. Right. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm sometimes you don't see that though until no. you do it because of the motivation, right? right? So sometimes your motivation is the reason you go. And then you realize when you're there, oh, oh this is for me. Because yeah. you you can be affected in the ripple of the energy of my addiction. Mm-hmm. But I'm the one that's you're being, the ripple. I'm the uh, yeah. I'm the cause. Stone. Yeah. We were, we were talking earlier when we were doing the alignment. If I hand over my power to you, yeah, then my sobriety is based on your mood, on your actions. Right. I'm still waiting for you to approve of me. I'm still waiting for you to forgive me. I'm yeah. still waiting to see if, if in the morning you love me. Right. So my goal in staying clean and sober is to please you. Oh God. Yeah, and that's so difficult to live up to. Sure. Because now I'm telling you, Ashley, I will only stay clean and sober if you love me and approve of everything I do. Right. If you never leave me, if you if you, if you we're together forever and ever, I'm, I'll do this. Because then we get those little like, if you leave me, I will I fill in the blank. Yeah. So yes, you're my motivation, but the main reason is I want to see sense. tomorrow. Yeah. I want to see tomorrow. I, wanna, I, yeah. I need to commit to myself. Yeah. And I was so fortunate that where I went to rehab, we were about the 12 steps in the AA book. We were about the Bible. We were about spirituality. Mm-hmm. So they were like, we were talking this earlier too. What is your alignment? What is your center? Mm-hmm. And they were the first people that taught me. It's okay to be Catholic and religious, but it's also okay to believe in the universe. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to read poetry that inspires you. Mm-hmm. I, I walked out of rehab with about 12 poetry books because there was a little store. This little, Dickinson, Texas is a tiny, tiny little city. And there was a little- Shout out to Dickinson. Dickinson, Texas. Halo folks. <laughs> there was a grocery store that had a book section and they always had poetry books. And I still have those books. Wow. 16 years later, I still have those books. Oh my God. All my book friends, I hope you're hearing this. Yeah. Um, okay. So yes. So, so that's the, the story of the song. You got sober and you had HIV, AIDS, HIV slash AIDS, which again, I'm going to give a little one more nugget. No one can transmit AIDS from person to person. That is not a transmissible illness. That is not an infectable um, virus. You cannot give someone AIDS. So for example, Daniel has both HIV and AIDS. If he is interacting with someone sexually or is using needles without using caution, he could 
transmit the virus HIV. But that virus would then have to infect another person and that person would have to go through the process of either taking antiretroviral treatments and becoming undetectable um, or not for a period of time before they too could develop AIDS. But not everyone that gets HIV is uh, going to have AIDS, AIDS in their lifetime. Right. Okay. And then let's, let, for anybody listening who knows, um, I'm undetectable, so <gasps> undetectable equals Oop. untransmittable. So okay. you, you horn. equals you. Horn me, horn me, baby, horn me. <laughs> oh my God. You're undetectable? Hey. Yeah, so I, I at the present moment, What does that mean? Can you tell? Undetectable means that there is not enough virus in my system to be detected in a normal HIV test. And what antiretroviral treatments are you Are you taking Bictarvi? Are you taking yeah, that's it. Bictarvi? That's mm-hmm. it. Yeah. I'm on a so, one pill. There's a lot of medications that I'm are called... I'm on the pill, Kevin. God. <laughs> I can't get pregnant. <laughs> there's a lot of medications that are I don't are know why I said that to him, but... Because <laughs> he needs to know. Yeah, right? No. Just in case, you know, Just in whatever. Case he needs to know. It was important. It's, it's very important. Bictarvi, <laughs> Truvada, Descovi, these are all cocktails of anti... Cock. Cock. Anti-retroviral treatments, and it's a mixture of pills that is put together to help treat the virus in a person's body. PrEP is a completely different medication that treats individuals who are not HIV positive. And we're going to talk about that in a second. But what I want you to tell me first is the answer to my fucking question. Did you get ass cancer because of HIV? Yes. Oh, God, that was such a fast answer. There's no, yeah, there's no, well, because I've I've been working with cancer. How do you know that? Like, so, like, honest, like, how do you fucking know? Because it's my ass. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I know what went. Did a doctor say? Okay, no, I can't say that I know everything that's been up in there. (laughs) It's fast. Yeah. Did a doctor say? There's been a couple of horns, Kevin. <laughs> There's been a couple of horns. One day in band camp. Um, Stop. Yeah. Did a doctor say to you, because you have HIV, you now have anal cancer? Yes. So, oh. yes. Wow. So, okay. there are a group of us that we've had the perfect storm, which was HIV, HPV, mm. and either polyps, tears, um, in the anal cavity <gasps> that caused the cancer. Oh. So, so for, there was abnormalities in the correct. cells and those abnormalities then turned into malformations and then turned into cells that were, were cancerous. Correct. I see. So okay. what we're assuming, and this is such an assumption because we- What is it? An, an ass assumption. <laughs> <laughs> I just say things like that now so Kevin can push the buttons. Yes, please. And, um, <laughs> And but so because the listeners can take a shot. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah, please take a shot. shot every time we do a pun. Um, oh, God. See, that's what a sober person does. Like, <laughs> everybody else gets drunk. Yeah. Kevin's the sober person. He's yeah. like, please, everybody. Everybody else drinking. get drunk. Right? Are you exactly. really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. We'll have to talk after. Yeah, definitely. Okay, cool. 15 years sober, this guy. Serious? Yeah. 16. Wow. Oh, right on. Birthday When's twins. your birthday? Oh, my gosh. January. Uh, January 5th? No. Uh-huh. January yeah. 5th? Yeah, January 5th. Yeah, June 21st. Oh, shit. Nice. Yeah, so see, uh, that's why. Yeah, see? right. Yeah, see? A whole different show, he, folks. Whole different a whole different show. show. We could do like five different episodes honestly. with you. Right. <laughs> like, honestly. Stay the night and we can have a slumber party and just he, keep doing oh shows. He probably didn't know, though, because people always like see me sip like my wife's drinks. Yeah. And he, they're like... He's my bartender, so he... 
he does the bartender straw test to make sure gotcha. that it's got like the mix that it that I require because I'm a bougie fucking bitch. Mm-hmm. And he'll test it and be like, okay, this is babe, I'm gonna let you know right now, this is gonna be a little too sweet for you. But the next one I make, I won't add as much simple syrup and then I know you'll like it. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. It's it's it, it Yes, you don't think that because you were like drinks anybody, and I was like, oh, yeah, and and that's how I keep myself involved with people that do drink is make the drinks. <laughs> and I was like, you wow. know, because I'll, I'll get, I end yeah. up getting like left out because people are like, let's go take shots, let's go, let's go make a drink, and then like I'm in the fucking living room, and they all go into the kitchen, and I'm like, fuck, we we oh, need fuck. to go so, in and buy an array of non-alcoholic beers and do a test. Oh, right. that'd be fun. Yeah, exactly. that's a good podcast. I'm sorry, I cut you off. I cut Anyways, you off. no, 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 I. Didn't have anything to say. Okay. Okay. Uh, So so your doctor told you. So for anybody who knows about HPV, and I do some work with um, University of Texas, El Paso, that has a very big HPV study program, which is called uh, Cuidate El Paso. So I work with them on their projects Uh to talk about HPV because I had HPV. Uh But for anybody who is my age, back when we were teens, before I was 24, there was no testing, there was no, no medication, there was no. no vaccine. Nothing. So a lot of people of my generations, we had HPV, but sure. did not know and it. didn't know it. Right. A lot of people have HPV and have zero symptoms Correct. because HPV doesn't always turn into cancer. Just because someone has the viral, uh, the, the, so the strains 16, 17, and 19 are highly susceptible to turning into cervical cancer. And so if you are found to have one of those strains, you then have to be tested more often for cervical cancer. So that's why people get pap smears is to see if they have any abnormalities in their cells, to see if they have the strain of HPV that could potentially lead to cancer. And there are strains of HPV that could potentially lead to anal cancer. So is that what happened? You had HPV and it turned into anal cancer. Okay. I already had H- I obviously had HPV when I was younger. Right. Mm. No symptoms. No symptoms. Right. Never knew. Nobody ever knew back then. Right. Right. Uh, cancer doesn't show up on your doorstep and say, "Hi, no, I'm no, here. No. It's cancer." Cancer just kind of sneaks the fuck in through yeah. the back door usually. And you can <laughs> ah! <laughs> There you go. So, obviously I had HPV when I was younger. I had HIV and there were because I was so sexually active. Mm-hmm. And because drugs and alcohol, when you're sexually Make you active, numb. Yes. yeah. And so you have so there more aggressive are there sex. are tears. Yeah, there's breakage. Right. There's damage that's being done to the sphincter. Were you not using? I'm going to ask a question. Were you not using condoms? Was not that, all the time. Not all the time. Some of the times, though. Some of the times. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. When when the night started up sober. Shoot. Right. You're like, yeah, condoms it, for everybody. Oh, yeah. Woo. Yeah. And then at the end of the night, it's like, animal balloons. <laughs> Look what so, I can do. Yeah. This fits and, on my uh, head. <laughs> I can't breathe. I can't breathe. <laughs> flashbacks right now. Fla- <laughs> complete flashbacks. But, Auto-erotica so, exficiation. So the, uh, the tears on the sphincter and the damage to the sphincter and the tears is what caused the the cancer to hold on to uh-huh. the sphincter. Mm. So fast forward, radiation, chemo, it kills, it takes away the cancer, but it also takes away half my sphincter, which is why I have an ostomy. You still have an ostomy? Yeah, it's permanent. I'll always have it. Tommy, you have an ostomy you know, bag forever? Forever. Yeah, and it sucks finding shoes that match. <laughs> <laughs> Such a bitch, Chuck. Oh, Such a bitch. So... 
Tell me about this ostomy bag. So what happens in that situation? You have a bag where your intestine intestine yes. so has been think of my belly button rerouted. Yes. Think to of a my bag. belly button, two fingers over, there's a, a piggy bank hole, basically. Uh-huh. I'm holy. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I call people that I hang out with. That. We're all just holy people. <laughs> so I wanna do I was gonna do a different one, but I actually I think I found a new one. Um it's a set of the day. So I just looked up a number that I find extremely interesting, and it's from Oxford University. Okay. So you, know, you know they're legit. I trust them. Yes. Legit. They've been around. I've, I've, they've been around for a lot of centuries. Lot. They're a really old school. If you don't know, you should look them up. There is a percentage of individuals... Um, following their diagnosis of HIV, um, what is the cumulative number of men who are diagnosed with HIV who develop anal cancer within the first year or first 10 years of diagnosis? What percentage of men diagnosed with HIV also get diagnosed with anal cancer within the first 10 years of diagnosis? I'm going to tell you, The number is low. So the percentage is going to be single digit? I'm going to tell you (laughs) that the number is low. What percentage of men diagnosed with HIV get diagnosed with anal cancer in the first 10 years of being diagnosed, which is where Daniel sits. He was diagnosed... This is like a really twisted version of PB's Playhouse. (laughs) Very twisted version. This is literally the best compliment I could ever get. (laughs) What percentage of men diagnosed with HIV were diagnosed with anal cancer within the first 10 years? Husband Kevin Weller, you're first. 4%. Okay, 4%. Mia, 2%. We're on a roll of twos. Daniel, if you don't get this, I'm probably going to be upset because (laughs) I should know. I should know this. Isn't it 3%? Okay. 3% is from Daniel. If that's true, I mean, we're pretty close. Y'all are right the fuck up. You're up in that hole. Wow. Hey! Hey! Uh, Okay, so we're going to come back to that stat. We got to give the audience a minute, and we also have to make them wait till the end because I love anticipation. I know. So when you... Where are you going to leave it? At the end. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) For your diagnosis of anal cancer... You had just gotten into a relationship, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Is this correct? So we met in 2012. His name is? Christian. And he is very handsome. Oh, yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. I was like, where are we going with this one? And? Annoying. <laughs> <laughs> Pain in my butt. Uh, and very patient. Uh, yes. And very kind. Sure. Let's go with that one. <laughs> Sure. And your production company, Little Mexican, is with him. Yes, right. Little Mexican Production Scene, correct. You met him. You told him. How did you tell Christian you had HIV? How did that conversation go? So the true story is we met on OkCupid. 
Stop oh it. Oh my God. Oh, GameCubit. Yeah, the free version. I didn't pay for it. Fuck mm-hmm. that. Right. You get what you pay for. No. That's all I got to say. <laughs> you get what you pay for. And, uh, and he, he won't mind because he's heard these jokes on stage before. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so we made an OK Cupid. And true story is that if you go to a dating website for straight people, there is no space for HIV, yes or no. Mm. If you go to a dating website and you're gay, a box pops up that says HIV positive, yes, no, ask me. Mm. But it's not in the straight versions, only in the gay yeah, version. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, because apparently in OKCupid, straight people don't get HIV. Okay, so, yeah, yeah, clearly. Yeah, that, that, right. That's legit. Also, by the way, straight people uh, make up 23% of the population getting, heterosexuals make up 23% of the population Just getting HIV. Wow. Yeah. wow. You do something cool and everybody wants to do it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, like straight people could not stay away. Straight they people like, appropriation. Wait a second, this is a gay disease? Like we need to get on board. We need to get on that. Because <laughs> you see what they like, do to neighborhoods. Happening? Right, exactly. <laughs> no, we've got to jump in we there. We've got to do that. They make God. everything pretty. Yeah, seriously. And so we met on a Cupid, and if anybody who's been on a Cupid, that you know, like if you rate somebody like a five or whatever, mm-hmm. then they do too. They send you an email and say, "Hey, so and so wants to meet you." Christian had a headshot of him, and he's got these beautiful caramel-looking eyes so that change to green sometimes. Oh. But don't say too much because it goes ahead. <laughs> Which one? And he's, he's ha. ha. Yeah. And, uh, so we met, and um, by the. When I first signed up to OkCupid, I did not put my status on it. I said, ask me. Okay. But then I thought. But a lot of people do. Right. But I was an instructor and I was an educator. Oh. I was an advocate. I'm like, what a hypocrite. Because mm. I Google everybody. I don't know about anybody else. Mm-hmm. I Google everybody. You should. Like, like, I, yeah. Do you I Google know. people? Sometimes. Yeah. Okay. If yeah. I like actually am planning on meeting up with them, then yeah, usually I'll do a little bit of research. Okay. But. Personal and professional. By the time I go somewhere, I'm like, I know who you are. Like, yeah. I know your Facebook and your wife is lovely, by the way. <laughs> and so. And did you want to have a conversation about the two children that you were just yeah, throwing in the yeah, air yeah. last weekend? Did you see that lump yeah. on your okay. kid's head? You need to hear. Probably you should but, take uh, the doctor. So we, um, so I changed it. I changed my, I, I believe somebody told me, it's like, you're one of the few people that did that. I changed my status to HIV positive. I was like, yes, I am. Mm-hmm. So by the time that we met. He knew. He knew. Okay. So we just had the conversation. Wow, about, you just removed the conversation. Yeah. You, well, you just opened up a conversation of, so you're HIV yeah. positive. I'll have the dessert and I'm HIV positive. Yes, whipped cream on that, please. Yes. <laughs> and, um, and a coffee. And a, yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> uh, anything for you. Um, <laughs> because for, for all those years, it was always such an uncomfortable conversation to be like, I really like you. I think you're great. I want to see you again. I'm HIV positive. Do you want to? Like, <laughs> right, yeah. right, right, right. Are you Sneaking. top or bottom? Right, 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 right. right you're right. doing one of those. Socks on, socks off. Like, what are we doing here? You're doing a motivational sex sandwich, right? <laughs> I'm a bottom. I'm HIV positive. I like kink. I'm also into candle play. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fluffy handcuffs or metal ones. Right. And um, so by the time we met, we already, like, it was just the, okay, let's fill in the blanks of the conversation. Sure. In fact, the, the most, surprising thing that we learned about each other was that I was an intuitive and he was a medium. That, Whoa. That's the most... like Explain th- to the listener really quickly what that means. So I'm an intuitive energy worker, so I can read people's energies and work with energy, which is where the Reiki master and the life coaching and, and, okay. my, and my alignment program comes in. Did you bring in. your cards with you? I did, of course. Okay. And what is in... No, no, the other cards. Oh, the energy cards. The energy cards? Okay. Yeah. What is an intuitive... 
So I can, there's different versions, but I can hear messages that I need to deliver and I can feel your energy. Okay. And Christian can see ghosts. So, oh my God. Yeah. So oh, between wow. him and I, I see them. He, I'm sorry, I hear, I hear them. them. He, he sees, sees them. them. So we've done, we talk about cleansings. Yeah. We've gone to houses wow. and done cleansings and yeah. parties. Okay. So what I'd like to do next, before we, before we talk about your ass, um, <laughs> is for uh, you. There's college all over again. <laughs> Is for you. Am I going to get an A? You oh, sorry. A for A. A for A. To pass the class. Yeah. Um, I'd like you to pull a card for each of us. Now, okay. for the listener, husband Kevin Weller, I don't want to like put any ideas in poor Daniel's head, but <laughs> husband Kevin late. Weller is mildly skeptic. And when I say mild, I mean 100%. That's my so, flavor. <laughs> me and Mia are probably uh, like, the most aware of ourselves as far as like how the spiritual world aligns with us and what we can use and how we can do it. Mm -hmm. So Daniel, as a Reiki master, a life coach, an alignment coach, you've created your own deck of cards. You're branding them as a reader of energies. Can you do a reading for each of us? Of course. Can you start with Kevin? Sure. Do you <laughs> want me to use my cards or the other energy cards? I want you I to use the energy cards. The ones that I brought? Yeah. All right. By the way, these are, we're not going to say who because you can't, but they're energy oracle cards. Okay. If you Google energy oracle Right. It's cards. different than a tarot deck. Correct. Yeah. Uh, but the actual name of this deck is energy oracle cards. Okay. okay. So if you Google them, you'll find out blue box. Yeah. Um, and because they're not sponsoring, we're not going right, to talk right. about we're them. We're not going to talk about them. But then, they're my favorite deck that I use okay. a lot. So. So I'm going to let Kevin play with my deck in front of him. <laughs> <laughs> I've been wanting to say that all night, folks. <laughs> are, are I mean, we're just throwing you in here. Are you, are you open to this? Are you? I mean, it's going to, I mean, I'm not going to really, I will respectfully listen, but I won't, it won't take, I won't take anything from it. If, okay. You know, so I think you should probably do Ashley and what? Mia because it's, there's really no point. Okay, so now we have to do it. Oh, so now we have to. So this is kind of like we're dating, basically. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to put put myself out there and you're going to walk away going, I felt nothing. And I'd be like, well, shit, Kevin. (laughs) Right. Okay, so I like how my wife likes to make me angry sometimes by doing things like this. Wait, what? No, I'm I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh, I was like, you're angry. Oh, we don't want to do that if you're angry. No, we don't have to do it at all. Maybe I meant annoyed. Oh. We don't have to. We no, don't, we no, don't no, that's fine. Never, 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 no, never. We'll that's do, fine. We'll do ours. We I was, ke- do, I was joking. We don't have to do Kevin's. That's fine. We'll just do ours. It's cool. You want me to do you, Kevin? No, I don't. No, because Ashley not. made it weird. No, I didn't. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do mine. Let's we'll, do mine. We'll, 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 I want to really do the alignment with him. Later. I know. We'll do right? that later. That's and just because we explain for everybody out there, I, I, I created my own program called the Alignment, and it's both logic and energy. Yeah. So it works for anybody. Whether you're logical or spiritual, or spiritual, there's yeah. a, a line that you set, right? That I within yourself, with. yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. That, so. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm very excited about these cards. I'm so excited. I cannot wait. Da, da, da. What kind of questions should I be asking? Uh, really, nothing. I always work with people and like let the cards tell you what we're going to talk about. Okay. Okay. There's my card. Oh, it's beautiful. Oh, it's upside down. 
Okay. Well, it's interesting because uh, it's the angel of balance. Oh, I love that. And when we were talking earlier about balance. I love the number 48, too, is such a balanced number. Yeah. yeah. Because and, mm-hmm. and then that, 48, 4 and 8 is 12. 12 is 2 and 1 is 3. Mm-hmm. three and 3 is a beautiful number. Yeah, 3 <laughs> is three. I love that number. 3 is the coming together of things to set forward. Yeah, like, so set it's, in it's, motion. It's two sure. things coming together to push you forward. Yeah. And then the angel of balance, we were talking earlier because we did the alignment for you earlier. And, and and the balance was your emotions. Yeah. So this is the angel of balance trying to balance out your emotions, your feelings, mm-hmm. your sense of, of you. Um, that although you are working really hard to keep your emotions, like you're like on a tight wire. Right. Trying to get across and and you think you got it. Mm-hmm. But you're you're really like, Almost ready Shifting. to fall. Yeah, yeah, right. So I feel like for you right now, it's really important to let the emotions flow. Like that moment when you want to cry, cry. And that moment when you want to laugh, laugh. But it's important to have, we talked about support system. Yeah. Have the right support system around you that is going to allow you to do that without stopping you, without wanting to protect you. Yeah. Like I feel like that piece of your spirit, we talked about your spirit mm-hmm. That wants to completely break down like a Jenga game to be put back together. You've got to allow yourself that opportunity, or you're going to keep carrying that that heaviness in your spirit that you haven't let go of. And to surround myself with people who can allow me to right. break down that and, Jenga game and rebuild it. Yeah, and yeah. on your own. Right. On your own. I always tell my clients have your three by threes, and what I mean by that, have three people in your life that are both professor, professional. And personal. Number one, the first person should be that person that you call to just vent, just completely vent. That we should always, and professionally too, we should have somebody that, that even if they don't understand, yeah. that you call and you say, oh my, I love this. Freaking God, today was the worst day and, <laughs> blah, and just vomit. Personal, professional. And they don't have to say anything. They don't have to agree with you, disagree with you. They just is that, there. Is that me or your sister's? Oh, God. It depends. (laughs) I was going to say sometimes it's me. It depends. It's usually you. Um, Sometimes it's Mia. Uh, Well, because she can relate. Yeah. You guys can, like, bounce it off of each other. It's usually you or Mia. Because with my siblings, it's hard to vent about my job because it's such a difficult job. It's really weird to to explain. explain. (laughs) So so you need somebody that knows. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, I don't have to ask you, well, what do you mean by that? Yeah. you just because if, yeah. yeah, yeah. if you vent to somebody that can't relate, they're just like, oh, oh my fucking god, geez. that's terrible. Yeah. But somebody oh. that that one person in your life, you're like, nine one one calling mm-hmm. them, and they're like, what? Yeah, I got to tell you about my day, and all they have to do is just put you on speaker and be like, go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm listening. <laughs> I'm listening, girl. And then your tell se- me. your second person should be, and I I learned this on book club two, the movie book club two, <laughs> best friend, tough love. Oh. They said this on their best friend, tough love. And that's your mentor. That's your teacher, your parent. Somebody who's going to be like, hey, Dave. I need to call you and tell you about this today. And they're going to say, well, listen, Kevin, I hear your side. Best friend, tough love. You're fucking up. So let's you're right. Yeah. Somebody will be real. Yeah. With Somebody, yeah. And, and, and I'm, I'm very grateful that I'm that person to a lot of people. Nice. That they'll call me and they're like, okay, let me tell you what happened. Me too. And halfway through it, they stop and they're like, so, so what, what do, do you, you think? think? I'm like, no, no, no. 
finish. Like finish. Can finish. you finish mm-hmm. the whole thing though? Like, and, and they're like, well, what about? And I'm like, no, no, mm-hmm. no, no. And I usually, need the whole story. Usually on my own end on the phone, I'm already pulling some cards for them. Going, <laughs> Let me tell you what I really think. <laughs> right. And then number three, you should have that. I'm going to pick you up person. Mm. And this is the person that actually has the conversation. Well, girl, tell me what happened. Who do we I, hate? Not yeah. only are they on your side, but they're ready to fucking oh, murder like for There's you. a shovel in the trunk. Let's go. Yeah. Kimberly, Kimberly Butler, <laughs> paging go. Kimberly yeah. Butler. I actually was <laughs> Kimberly yeah. Butler, paging Kimberly Butler. <laughs> you should have your three by three. It's that person that you're like, I need to go eat ice cream now. And they're like, it's one o'clock in the morning. There's a fucking 7-Eleven open. Let's go do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you sit in the car and you cry and you melt. Mm-hmm. And they're like, Kevin, I totally understand, man. Shovel? Right. If we go to the desert now, we'll be back on time for work. We can make it. We can make it. I got clothes in my car. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I'm good. I'm good. So Del Taco on the way? Have like. your, yeah, it's that I've got diapers on. How far are we going? <laughs> uh, it's that three by three. Have your three by three people. That brings you balance. Yeah. Because a lot of times we want to, we come from work and we're like, nobody's going to understand me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to eat that up. Second is I have nobody who's going to, nobody's, nobody's interested enough in guiding me. Yeah. So I'm going to keep fucking up. And then the third, oh, I can do this myself. Yeah. And three weeks later, you're still trying to hold up that wall right. to keep your house I don't want to burden anyone. Yeah. I don't want to fucking... And, and that is yeah. so... That is further from the truth. Yeah. There's always somebody that's going, mm-hmm. hey, Mia, I, I'm checking your energy. It's off. What's mm-hmm. going on? And you're like, nothing. And in their head, they're going, fuck you. If you if you right. can't trust me to share with me, why are we friends? Right. Mm-hmm. Why are we friends? And then we wonder why people go away. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mia, you ready for your card? Oh my gosh, yes, I'm Does ready. Does that make sense yeah. to you, by the way? Fuck yeah. yeah. <laughs> Actually, I just solidified a bunch of shit, so. And by the way, for everybody out there, I am not a, like, fortune teller. I don't I don't tell you about your past, although I can. I, it's all oh. about what's going on with you. Now. Right now. Current. Yeah, yeah. Like, energy, current. Ooh. Oh, nice. Going to the end of She's the deck. Digging deep. She's being go purposeful. Deep. She's go deep. Go deep. Oh, that's beautiful. That's cool. What is so that? So this is the fourth chakra. Okay. Which cool. in this card is represented by Raphael. Raphael is the archangel of healing. Mm. He is the, he's mm. the healer. Most people go for him for physical healings, but he also right. takes care of spiritual healings. But the throat chakra, I'm sorry, the heart chakra, um, we talked about this earlier. Yeah, we did. For everybody out there, the way that I explain the heart chakra to people or your intake, if you're talking about logic, is this is where all the information from people, places, and things around you come. Because people think, well, I only get messages from people. But no, you get messages from places. There are places where you've probably been going for years. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, one day you're like, I, I don't want to go in there anymore. I mean, I've done right. it in sobriety. Uh, there are things that I used to do mm-hmm. that I don't do anymore. So all these messages, like, I, it's very hard for me to watch movies with a lot of drugs in it because mm-hmm. it turns me off. I, I, right. I, so, okay. So your heart, your intake, and we talked about this when we did your alignment. Yes, earth. we did. <laughs> yep. You intake a lot. Yeah. You, you bring in a lot. You've, you've heard people talk and people say, oh, you're taking this to heart. And you're like, well, f- fuck yeah, because this is where it's going. Mm-hmm. So... We need to find a better system 
to sort through all the information that people, places, and things are giving you. Mm -hmm. Not everything is for you. Right. And this is going to be kind of harsh, but... No, I need to hear it. Not everything is about you. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes me being pissy and being mad at you is just because I'm pissy and I'm mad. Mm -hmm. But if you walk around taking everybody's shit and holding on to it, your heart gets heavy. It gets to the point that the real information that needs to get to you doesn't get through because you're trying to figure everybody else's life out, trying to make everybody happy, mm-hmm. trying to, why are you upset? Are you, why are you mad? Are you mad at me? Mm-hmm. People, no, stop being needy. It's not about you. Mm-hmm. Let me just be pissed. Yeah. Maybe that person just needs to vent. Right. Yeah. No, I've definitely, I feel like I'm, I've always felt like I'm a crybaby, like I'm too sensitive sometimes. And my mom's even sent me like so many articles about like mental toughness and, and like <laughs> not taking things to heart. And I'm like, I get it, mom. I'm sorry. Thank you. Appreciate it. Bye. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely let, something let me, I'm working on. Let me, let me, as long as we're talking about it. Yeah. It's okay to be sensitive. Right. It's okay to connect to people and be like, damn, like I feel you. Right. Like one of the, one of my least favorite words, and I, this happened during cancer, was when people say, I'm sorry. Mm. Like, why are you sorry that I have cancer? Did you put that tumor up my ass? <laughs> like, were, were you the one? Were you the one that did that? Well, I know I you. felt something. Well, you need to go back and get it. Lube up, people. Lube up. Gem recog mission. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Um, stop being sorry for people. Yeah. Stop feeling sorry for people. People are going to go through shit. Mm-hmm. Usually my thing is, why am I cussing so much? It's Because it's me. Yeah. And I cuss a lot. Yep. It does. Straight women. Um, <laughs> I tell people, people usually expect me to say, oh my God, I'm so sorry that's happening. I'm like, oh, that sucks that that's happening to you. Yeah. Is there anything I can do to help the situation? Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Okay, cool. Let me know how, how that works out. And people will look at you like, you're such a asshole i'm like no i I just offered my help right and you said no right so i'm gonna walk away i'm gonna leave this back on the table i just said is there anything i can do to alleviate this problem no no okay great then it's your problem i've got enough shit in my life right how that works out but when the first thing that i cut out from people's conversation when i was going through cancer was Mm -hmm. number one do not say i'm sorry Mm -hmm. unless you were the one that did it Mm -hmm. Tell me it sucks. Tell me it's horrible. Right. Tell me it's a pain in the ass. That was my favorite joke. <laughs> it's, so, Tell me that's a, it's so shitty. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's like, a good I, one. And, and <sighs> I'm not about pity parties and I'm, I'm not about to cry. There is a moment to cry and there is a moment. But that taught me also to, to give that to people. Give them that respect. Now, okay. some people will come to you and be like... <gasps> Oh, my life mm-hmm. sucks. And, and they'll look at you just long enough. It's like, hope for the applause. Right. It's like, hope for the I'm sorry. Yeah. Right. right. Hope yeah. for the fucking That's victimhood. Yeah. Hope for the fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Least favorite but, thing. But my suggestion for you, if I were okay. coaching you, I would okay. say, number one, eliminate I am sorry from your vocabulary. You need to stop being sorry for people. Yeah. Because it, really what it is, it takes you away from working on your own stuff to try and work on people's things which has no solution. Yeah. Because it's not for you to fix. Mm-hmm. So my homework for you, should you accept. I do. Is, <laughs> is check how many times you say, I'm sorry in a conversation. Okay. Or with people and start cutting back. I'm not going to say go full cold turkey. Right, 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 right. Nobody does. But, but start noticing. And for everybody out there listening too, think about how many times you say, I'm sorry. And why are you saying, I'm sorry? Right. And what can you use instead of that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like if, if what you have to say is mashed potatoes to people, 
It's like when people, oh my god, I'm, I've been so sick. Mashed potatoes on that. Yeah. And people are like, what does what that mean? Fuck. I don't know. That's just what I'm I saying. I like yeah. to insert things um, that show gratitude. So instead of saying, I'm so sorry that I was late, thank you so much for your patience. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's a good one. Or I'm so sorry you're having a day, a bad day. Thank you so much for showing up even though you're having a rough day. So turning remorse into gratitude, it doesn't work in every situation, yeah. but it can absolutely work in certain situations where you're taking responsibility for things that you have no control over, like traffic. I'm sorry I was late. How about thank you for your patience yep. or thank you for working with my my flexible schedule or instead of saying, I'm sorry, I have to cancel the appointment. It's thank you so much for your time and your availability. I really appreciate you. Unfortunately, I'm going to have to move this appointment due to something else. I appreciate you. Well, the gratitude instead of the remorse really alleviates a lot of that mental anguish. And people respect people. you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I always, when I have to, I, I always say... I understand your time is valuable, right. but I find myself needing to reschedule this appointment. Right. Yeah. Can we do it such and such day? Right. Mm-hmm. At this time, I look forward to hearing back from you. Right. And people used to say, well, don't you say thank you at the end? I'm like, no, I already told them that. I appreciate that. I appreciate right. you. Yeah. That's thank it. you is redundant. But just think about point. the way that you put out, and this for everybody else, put, think about the way that you express yourself. Are you in a, in a position of power mm-hmm. or are you being submissive? And if you're being too submissive, people will start taking advantage. Exactly. They just dump things on yeah. you. Yeah. Exactly. Uh-huh. Just did. So. Tell me about your diagnosis with anal cancer. I mean, after being diagnosed with HIV, AIDS, after overcoming substance abuse and being sober, getting a diagnosis of anal cancer could not have been the highlight of no. your life. It was Especially on the, when it happened. It's probably really shitty. <laughs> <laughs> Knocked me down a couple of pegs. <laughs> Did you want to go? Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, Kevin. God, the horn's See, been missing. I, I, I can always count on a bro to back me up that's on this. Yeah, I don't want to uh, overuse it because it'll, it'll, it'll lose it. Too yeah. many, so that's okay. Too many shots yeah. in the episode. So what made you Leave go... Leave it to a man to back me up. Wait. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> what made you go to the doctor? Uh, okay, so I started having problems the summer of 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, Spotting, um, like blood in your stool, correct? Okay, and uh, I was bloated all the time, mm-hmm. couldn't go to the bathroom, just mm. kind of issues. And uh, disclaimer I'm, I'm not gonna say his name, but I loved my doctor, I, I, he was my doctor for like seven years, eight years. Loved him, loved him. He was awesome, gay doctor, understood HIV, sure, like he was great, but he was not an oncologist, so he didn't understand cancer. Oh, okay. So very, that's a very important detail because he was great at what he did, but he didn't your, know Your primary something. care? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I was having these issues and I kept asking like, hey, this is going on. And this is true in Latino men and gay men. As a Latino man, I was told uh, or suggested mm-hmm. to watch my diet, take care of myself better, too much fried food, um, too much beans and rice. Uh, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, but they're that, so good. Yeah, they're so yeah, good. Yeah, like how am I? Like yeah, that is how do the, you do that? That is like the three major food groups right. in my diet. Right. right. Tortillas, beans, and rice. Exactly. I mean, you can change the meat around. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, and then as a gay man, I was told, well, you're being too rough. Maybe, oh. you, should, maybe you need more lube. 
maybe slow down on the sex a little bit. And I was like, uh, as you mentioned, we were two years into our relationship and we were not active all the time. Sure. So that it would, not to the point that it would cause any damage. Right. You're and, having normal right. sexual intercourse. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, good old boys having right. fun in the bed. Just having and, fucking uh, Yeah. While watching Dukes of Hazard because that's what you do. And, uh, <laughs> that's what every gay man does. That's what every gay man does. Know. Just the good old boys. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thank God we're recording this. Oh my God. Um, okay, so then 2015 comes around and I'm still having issues and I'm still having problems. And I start asking other people questions and I have a niece who's a nurse and she kind of insinuated like this, like, have you gotten checked for cancers or anything? And I was like, huh? I was like, okay, that popped something in my head. So come back. March 2015, I had a hernia. So I go in for a checkup and I had a strangulated intestine, which can cause bloating and, okay. and stomach problems and bathroom problems. And okay. the doctor says, you have a, you have a, you have a hernia? And I'm like, yeah. It's like, how, how long have you had? I'm like, I don't know, like a year? And he's like, you have a strangulated intestine. That's why the problem. I'm like, problem Thank solved. Thank God, I don't have cancer. Um, yes, I don't yes. have to check it out. I don't have to talk about it. I don't My have to ass is good. It. Let's get back to work, Let's folks. Mm-hmm. Go. And so I, so bad the hernia that I went on a Wednesday. I had surgery that Friday. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, so quick, quick, quick. We were like, everything's going to be better. So six weeks of bed rest, I go in for my checkup. He's like, are you going to the bathroom? I'm like, no, I'm still having issues. I'm still bloated. I'm still having problems. So they do the finger probe. Um, I call it the alien probe. It sounds very exciting. <laughs> oh, my God. And uh, so the doctor does the alien probe. And right away he goes, oh, never good when a doctor has his fingers up your ass. And he, he says, goes, oh. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> oh. Yeah, not a good thing. Ah, maybe right. yes. Yeah, maybe. Any other part, any other, one of the vocals Whoa. is good. But um, he's like, oh. And I'm like, what? He goes, I think I felt something. I'm oh, send you back no. to your primary. Have him check you. So I go to my second doctor. Oh, <laughs> not a good thing. Two for two. Twice. Yes. At this point, I feel like I'm dating doctors. It's like, mm, I need to stick in those. Up so, you know, whatever. God damn. So he sends me. They're to giving the, you their digits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that one deserves one. That, that deserves it. That deserves it. So he connects me to my oncologist, uh, Dr. Rad, by the way. I'll say his name. Rad? Has, his last name is Rad. And R-A-D. R-A-D. That's amazing. And, and he lives up to the name. Okay. Dr. Rad. Talk about Awesome. If you were a doctor, I feel like that would be your name. If he ever, I would love that name. If he ever hears this, if you ever hear this, yes, you are hot. Um, <laughs> so I go to him, third probe. Mm. At this hey. point, I feel like a, like a puppet with how many fingers on my ass. <laughs> but... <laughs> Yes. And so he's like, oh. Yeah. They immediately set up a um, colonoscopy. And it was, if anybody's ever done a colonoscopy, you know that you have to prep and clean everything out. Things, we were having issues because everything was clogged up. And we didn't know at that point that there was a uh, a tumor, Mm. cancer in my sphincter. Mm -hmm. So they do a biopsy and... I was supposed to go in on a Friday. This was a Tuesday, Taco Tuesday. Taco Tuesday. Of course it was. And it was Cinco de Mayo. It was oh, May, no. May, of course May it 5th, was. Taco Tuesday. Oh, oh my and, God. And um, I was supposed to go Friday, but that Tuesday, I'm like, I couldn't go to the bathroom. I was, I would literally go to the bathroom, sit there, go to the bathroom, 
cry, drain my energy, and I had to lay down for like 10 minutes to recoup my energy. Wow. It was so horrible. Jesus. It was so horrible. And so the doctor says, if you can get here within the hour because I have surgery, I will give you your results. I knew. That moment, I was like, it's cancer. Uh, and Christian was like, don't put it out there. Don't manifest. I'm like, I'm not manifesting I'm not manifesting it. this. This I, is just reality. Like, I have to be real. Like, there's, yeah. a, there's something up my ass, and it, it's mm -hmm. causing all these problems. Oh, so we man. get to the doctor. He says, it's, it's anal cancer. Um, I loved my doctor. There's so many other stories to this, but loved him. We started. We did chemo. We did radiation. Mm -hmm. um, my last day of chemo was 4th of July. Of 2015. You and, you and your fucking I Well, my birthday is December 26. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I missed it by a day. Uh -huh. So now my my aim in life is right. to have everything on significant right. birth. <laughs> uh, my ostomy surgery is April Fool's Day. April oh, my 1st. God. Yeah. Didn't yeah, you find joke. out you had HIV on Christmas or Thanksgiving uh, or something uh, like um, that? HIV was September 26, but I was in the hospital over Thanksgiving mm. that same year. Mm. Yeah, that's that, another sad that's story. Right. Yeah. That's a sad story. That's but, a very sad story. Um, but yeah, so that's how the cancer, so we found out the cancer happened and oh. um, uh, it went away, but it also took away half my sphincter. Mm -hmm. What does that mean for No you? gag reflex. Stop. <laughs> 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 Oh my god! That's the first time I say that. I know my You lost your sphincter. So can we? I can't. So <laughs> does that mean that you can't have anal sex? <laughs> <anymore>? <laughs> can't handle it. Need a minute to pull yourself. Can't down. even handle it. <laughs> Bring it back. <laughs> okay. For, I, I for can. the human beings in the world, I wanted you to know uh, a statistic that I found while Daniel collects himself. Uh, the survival rate for anal cancer is actually a very high survival rate. It's in the, the 70 to 80th percentile. So right. if you catch it early Wait. enough and you're able to get treatment. Let's highlight that part. If you catch it early enough and are mm -hmm. able to get treatment and are able to um, garner the support that you need, uh, the outcome is typically a 70 to 85% survival rate, especially if the cancer has been in remission for five years or more. How long have you been in remission for? Seven years now. Hey, hey. Awesome. party. Yeah. Yeah. Party right. in the USA. Party in um, your ass is but, what it is. But uh, I want to make sure that people hear that. Because sometimes we're misdiagnosed mm -hmm. and because there's still so much shame and stigma behind anal cancer. Ah. Um, <laughs> Latino men, because of the machismo, because mm -hmm. yes. they're going to do what in my butt? Yeah. Don't go get checked. Gay men, because if you are submissive or a bottom and basically your ass is what you're bringing to the to bed, right. like that's what you're offering sexually to your partner. Mm -hmm. Men will not get checked. Gay men will not get checked. Gay right. bisexual men. So one of the things that I advocate for is, number one, it used to be 55 to get tested or get a colonoscopy. Mm -hmm. It's gone down to 45. Mm -hmm. But I tell anybody who has had intercourse, if you believe you had HPV, if you're HIV positive, talk to your doctors and get checked soon earlier. Right. Yeah. Get as soon as you can, because you can catch it 
in that first stage and, and not wait. Because a lot of the deaths come because people don't... They don't contest it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was very fortunate. I know it sounds weird. I was fortunate that I had a hernia. <sighs> right, because right. or else you wouldn't have known. Yeah. Also, you were fortunate you had gotten exposed to TB, yep. which means you went and got tested. One hole led to the other hole. A <laughs> <laughs> couple of stats for you. Approximately 1.2 million people in the United States have HIV. Um, and about 13% of those people are unaware of their positive status. HIV disproportionately affects uh, certain populations, including people of color, um, ethnic minorities in the gay, bisexual, uh, lesbian, and transgender communities, and also women of color in the heterosexual communities. Um, in 2019, an estimated 34,000 new HIV infections occurred, which has actually been a decline of 8% from 2015 to 2019, which is fantastic. Men who have sex with men account for 71% of new HIV diagnoses. Men who have sex with men can include anything from homosexual men to bisexual men, heteroflexible men, men who are questioning their sexuality, uh, men who have sex with men who still identify as or heterosexual and not homosexual. So 71% of new HIV diagnoses occur in men who have sex with men. In 2020, the Hispanic men who have sex with men category made up 21% of new HIV diagnoses, um, which is even less than heterosexual uh, or even more than heterosexual diagnoses. So um, the community of the Hispanic population is still being disproportionately affected by HIV right. infections, even though the number is going down, um, even though there is more education. Um, typically, if a school is abstinence-only based in sex education, they will still teach about HIV transmission, although they may not discuss roots of transmission, which could include anal sex or make mention of um, sex among individuals who are of the same gender. Uh, but HIV education has surpassed general sex education in this country. So I think that may have something to do with the decline of HIV infections. What else do you think could be um, affecting the decline of HIV infections or recorded HIV infections in the country? Well, number one, let me, let me just say that the reason we still have numbers, high numbers in the Latino, Hispanic community is religious, social, and culture, uh, social norms and culture. Um, as a Latino straight man, mm -hmm. it depends, or yes, mm -hmm. it depends on your position sexually with right. another man that will, will affect how you identify. If I am a straight man, uh -huh who receives oral sex from another man, uh -huh. I will not consider that gay. Right. It's not sex. Mm -hmm. It's just the blowjob. Right, right. That's it. So yeah. when people say men who have sex with men mm -hmm. and you say those words, I didn't have sex. Right. Mm. Uh-huh. So we, one of the things that has helped is changing the way we communicate mm -hmm. what, what means. Mm -hmm. If you... And this happens a lot in border towns where we have immigrants who work in the fields and uh -huh. they come to work and they're away from their families and their wives and they just have casual sex. Yeah. If I'm the man and I'm the top, mm -hmm. 
and I'm, I'm giving it to somebody mm-hmm. submissive, I won't think of myself as gay. Right. So if you're penetrating someone, Correct. whether orally or anally, you still could consider yourself heterosexual, yeah. straight, right. completely absolved of any homosexual acts because you're just acting upon a sexual impulse. That's a whole I didn't. That's what it is? Yeah, all I did was come. Like yeah. I didn't. In, I don't. I not just stood there. At, I'm mm-hmm. not looking at him. It's almost like a glory hole at that point. But, but, exactly. So, one of the coolest things that has happened over the last several years is that we have acknowledged that, and we've started to change the way we talk to people. So we we say, if you have at any time been active with another man, engaged in. Anything intimate act. You need to get tested. Right. Um, We've talked. There's more openness in churches. Not all of them. Right. But some churches do open their doors and say, we have a large number of people who are being diagnosed positive. We need to start doing something about this. Uh, I think that not just social media, but television has taken a, a bigger role in exposing the numbers and the data in Spanish. Oh, yeah. So that people understand it. Mm. Um, and I'm going to say I'm just one of many, 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 because I have a lot of colleagues. We're, we're vocal. We mm-hmm. keep talking. We, we go on podcasts. We go on the news. We talk about it. Yeah. I think some people are probably like, oh, my God, that's Daniel Garcia again. What is Jeez, what, again. what diagnosis is he going to talk about the today? What is he talking about let's, today? let's play diagnosis bingo with him. Ass. But, but it's... Uh, I, I think that the fact that we're doing a better job in the advocacy community mm-hmm. to talk about it, that it's helping the, the, the general population. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. totally. So 1.2 million people at the end of 2019 were living with HIV in the United States. 1.2 million people are living with HIV. So the chances that you know someone who has HIV are quite high. Yeah, one degree, probably. Prob- probably even less than that. I mean, if you know, if you're listening to this podcast and you know me, you are now one degree away from someone who knows someone with HIV. So there you go. You win. Uh, There's diagnosis bingo. You also got the square for anal cancer too, because we've got that one as well. Um, So we're good. Uh, Congratulations. (laughs) Send me your winnings. Uh, (laughs) We have to make sure that awareness of HIV and the subsequent illnesses and infections that one can incur because they are diagnosed with HIV are not swept under the rug right. with this prominent idea of, hey, STIs are on the rise, chlamydia and gonorrhea are happening in you know 75% of the population, um, HPV is rampant, syphilis has made a ridiculous fucking comeback. Nobody wants that comeback. No. Nobody asked for that comeback. You're not share. Go the fuck back in your hole. Nobody wants you. You're more like a Madonna. With not even. Face. Not even. You're more like a fucking like. There, I, I, Mariah. No, like no. not even. Mariah Carey no. on New Year's Eve singing off tune. Mariah, Mariah Carey glitter. <laughs> oh, okay. Oof. That's the Ooh. resurrection of syphilis at this okay. point. Yeah. Britney We're Spears equate, on movies. There you go. There we yeah. go. Crossroads, Britney Spears. We've got it. It's bad. We don't want this resurgence. And what we don't want is a resurgence of HIV. We don't want people to become complacent. So we want to make sure that people are protecting themselves. So for individuals in the LGBTQ community, what 
do you think are the best ways that people can protect themselves against HIV? Um, get tested. How often? Every three months, at least, if you're actively sexually active. If you're sexually active and you are in the LGBTQ community or anyone. Anybody. Anybody. Every yeah. three months. If you're you sexually think. active. Okay. Mm-hmm. Whether you are in a monogamous relationship or not. Interesting. Get tested. Because okay. there's a saying in Spanish that says, Ojos vemos, corazón no sabemos. Eyes we see, heart we don't know. So you, although you may be in a monogamous relationship, your partner may not be. That's mm-hmm. fair. So you don't know. Um, un- unless, I mean, maybe during COVID when we were all locked up and... Nah, we still don't know. We, we, we still, still, I mean, know. I mean, who knows? Wink, wink, Meet nudge, up, nudge. Meet <laughs> <up and> <laughs> we're talking to you. We know we who you know are. You. We, we saw you. the video. We saw. Um, but yes, I believe if, if you are sexually active, every three to six months, you should get a test just to find out where your numbers are, just to see where you are overall. Yeah. Second, um, wear condoms. Uh, Prep is great. Mm-hmm. Prep is great. It's, it, it has its purpose, but it does not take care of STDs, nope. STIs, or pregnancy. No. Prep is an amazing drug if you are sexually active in a community where HIV is prevalent. So if you are in the LGBTQ community, um, if you are having multiple sexual partners, especially if you are having multiple anal sexual partners, PrEP might be for you. You have to get tested every three months to make sure you do not have HIV because you cannot have HIV and take PrEP because it could actually... uh, cause you to become immune to the properties of PrEP, which is an antiretroviral treatment, and it helps reduce the number of viral loads in your body, but it actually acts upon that initial viral load, and it can actually repel that first viral load, making it impenetrable, basic, making you basically Harry Potter with an in- invisibility cloak, <laughs> pretty much. Um, now, there, now, specifying, there is... Truvada, which, which is prep, prep for which people, can be prescribed to as people a who have HIV. Yeah, but go go talk to your doctor. We're not complete. I'm not. Talk to your There's like seven disclaimers I've, on this. I've I've, I've played one with people, but I'm not a real doctor. I am not. <laughs> I'm not, not, I'm I'm not, not even played one on TV. I, I played it one in front of the TV. <laughs> <laughs> Bend over and cough. And <laughs> PrEP is great if you are engaging in sex acts that are risky or frequent or having sex acts with multiple partners. PrEP is a great plan for you if you want to talk to your doctor about it. There are pros and cons, just like every medication. Um, There are pros and cons to it. Please consult your doctor. Please consult your special doctor. Uh, But condoms are probably, getting tested and wearing condoms are probably the two most important things along with communication. And know your body. Yeah. Know yeah. your body. If you, oh, Daniel. If, if, if you... Yeah. I mean... So many people do not. I mean, really, I mean... I you say ignored this, your body for 20 fucking years. I say this with full respect. And now, <laughs> like, fill yourself up. Yeah. Um, and and because, yes, before I was diagnosed, I I didn't really pay attention. Mm-hmm. Like, if I, unless I was, like, not on, on drugs, I didn't know what was going on. But now as an, and as an older adult, like mm-hmm. I've learned, that's why I knew that something was wrong with my body yeah. with cancer. Like yeah. I knew, I knew something was up and, and, and yeah, so, so check, check yourself. Yeah. So, and ask, ask. There are a bazillion of social sites. I think a really big problem is that men in our country are not encouraged to go to the doctor. We're not taught. 
know. And so, like you said earlier, a 20-year-old man's not going to the urologist. And he's also not, he's also, yeah. And he's also not being taught to check his prostate or check his testicles. And we need to be encouraging these young men to be more proactive about their health because a lot of these cancers aren't just preventable, but when caught early, have such a high survival rate. Prostate cancer, testicular cancer, anal cancer, penile cancer, they all have such high survival rates if they're caught early. But really the only way to catch these things early is to do checks and to make sure that you are going to the doctor Mm -hmm. and getting blood work done and to understand your behaviors in life. Are you sexually active? Learn the right way to feel for it. Yeah. Right. Because there's a right way to feel your testicles. Not without showing. <laughs> Look up there, a video. There's there videos a, Is there a video segment that we can do? Sadly, uh, but, no. Yeah. So I, I'm, I have the play, I, I have the honor to to work in a in a, a lot of cancer organizations, um, to work with them, not work for them, but do work with them. Mm-hmm. But you get to talk to other men who have gone through some of these. And yeah. Like, well, how did you know? So you learn how to feel your nuts. Yeah. Uh, you learn. Uh, Same goes with with women. Yeah. I was just going to yeah. say, people with boobs should people be with to, boobs should be able to feel and know. Cancer. And and but we have a gynecologist that we go to once a year. That's like, okay, so in a circular motion, you're going to go around the outside tissue of your breast, and you're going to go in a circular motion in towards the nipple, and you're going to feel for any. Uh, irregularities and any pea-sized shapes that might be out of the ordinary for you. And that isn't something that I think young men are taught no, to look no, for. We don't, we don't We don't. talk about it. No. We, I learned it on my own in the backseat of cars. But <laughs> there you go. <laughs> he said he was a doctor. Right. I, I know. I mean, but who cares when they give you 50 bucks? Exactly. <laughs> Accurate. <laughs> sure, Dr. Smith. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Thank God. So we're gonna- I'm joking, folks, by the way. I'm just- you can pay so ridiculous. Me. Yeah, they're all like, does he heels talk? Does he really does, just talk about fucking Does he still <laughs> charge 50 bucks? A bag of a car by a doctor? Yeah, Are you bag- serious? Um, <laughs> I only do it in smart cars. <laughs> <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> Daniel, I is- almost snorted. I do. <laughs> is there anything that you want to promote? Uh, uh, before we wrap up the end of this episode and, uh, and go to littlemexicanproductions.com my webpage you can find information about all the things that I do you can find Grumpy Bunny in the colors game there if you're interested in uh, interpersonal coaching uh, I'm sure you'll give them the absolutely the addresses and for where to sure. find me um, if you're looking for card reader events I do everything uh, find me hell yeah Thank you. If you have any questions about anal cancer or HIV, can they also email you? Yes. If you're curious about your butt, come talk about mine. Yay. (laughs) What's your email address? (laughs) Easy. Daniel G. Garza at Hotmail.com. I know. Probably Hotmail. (laughs) Shut up. It's my name and it's easy to find. Welcome to 2004. Daniel. (laughs) Hey, AOL was busy. Are you on social media anywhere? Yes. Find me on Twitter. And Instagram. I don't know, so find me on X, <laughs> X, Instagram, and uh, TikTok. Okay. At 
I am Daniel G. Garza. I am Daniel G. Garza. Yes. Fantastic. I love that. Thank you so much for coming today. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. Talking about your ass. Hey. Um, talking about <laughs> HIV. <laughs> Oh, and a trumpet. One day in band camp. (laughs) Talking about HIV uh, and sharing your story with us. I appreciate your vulnerability. I appreciate you um, being here um, and for reading our cards to us. Yes, thank you. Really appreciate that so much. Um, If you want to talk to us, you can reach us at what's your position podcast at gmail.com. What's your position podcast on Instagram and TikTok. We are not on X or Twitter. Sorry. Uh, You can find us anywhere you get podcasts, Spotify, Apple, Podbean, all the good places. You can also call us at 513-6969 and leave us a fucking message about what you heard today or what you'd like to hear in the future. We appreciate you. We appreciate everyone. As always, stay safe, stay kind, and stay sexy. What's Your Position podcast represents the opinions of Ashley Weller and her guests. The content here should not be taken as medical advice and is intended for education and entertainment purposes only. Views and opinions expressed in the podcast are our own and do not represent that of our places of work. While we make every effort to ensure the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions, or correction of error. Stay safe. Stay kind and stay sexy. At least we stole.